the Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 in conjunction with Hawaii Pacific University proudly presents Sharks Weekly, a deep dive into HPU athletics and its men's and women's athletic programs. Who are this week's standout performers? Which program is making a splash in the classroom, community, and on the field? What are the upcoming schedules? All these questions answered and more. Coming live from the DSE Hawaii eSports Arena on the Hawaii Pacific University campus at Aloha Tower Marketplace, here's your host, Hawaii Pacific University's VP of Marketing and Communications, Jeffrey Rich. Well, good morning, Sharks Nation. It's a dreary Wednesday morning here in Honolulu, but uh, we're going to brighten the morning up and talk a little baseball with HPU's baseball team. Um we're excited to, to have a couple players and, and Coach um, Dane Fujinaka with us this morning. Um, you guys are coming off a, uh, uh, an opening uh, season series with Minnesota Crookston, uh, a win in the series. Uh, but it looks like you battled the, the elements with some rainouts uh, through the, the course of that series as well. But um, we're going to dive into uh, some discussion about baseball this morning. You've got conference play coming up. Um, we've got a game uh, going to be broadcast live. Uh, this Friday um, against Biola, and we are excited um, to be talking with Coach Dane Fujinaka. So first, a little bit on your background, Coach. Um, you started uh, um, uh, in your second season here with the Sharks baseball program, and uh, your career has spanned uh, some really interesting um, coaching uh, opportunities. We want to talk a bit about that and, and some of your playing days perhaps as well. Uh, but most recently, you were assistant coach at uh, Menio College under uh, Novato Reno head coach Jake McKinley. In 2016, Menlo led the NAIA in offense and home runs while being ranked as high as sixth nationally. Great accomplishment. Um, Coach has also uh, been at Sacramento State, uh, where their catchers set school records and were top in NCAA rankings in allowing the fewest number of stolen bases. Um, He also spent some time at William Jessup uh, recruiting and helped turn a last-place team in 2017 into uh, the GSAC champions in 2018. Wow, what a turnaround. Um, Fujinaka was assistant coach at Illinois State in 2019, where he helped the Redbirds to a Missouri Valley co-championship and an NCAA tournament berth before joining the Toronto Blue Jays. So in the Blue Jays organization, uh, you were with minor, in the minor league system since 2019 and spent the 2021 season as manager of the uh, Blue Jays Dominican Summer League. As a first-year manager, uh, Fujinaka led his club at the Dominican Summer League to a championship. Over the span of uh, Fujinaka's coaching career, uh, both collegiately and professionally, he's coached 13 student-athletes who were selected to the Major League Baseball draft and four players who are currently active in the Major Leagues. Wow, it's quite an accomplished resume, and we're glad to have you here at HPU, Coach. So you ready for the season? Yeah, uh, it's it's exciting. You know, after the first couple of weekends, you know, we played some really good opponents and uh, starting with, with Crookston who could really swing it. And it was the first time they were outside since, you know, the fall for them. So, you know, for they, they came down and uh, for them, it was getting a lot of the rest for their, you know, defense and, um, but they could swing it and they put our pitches to a test. And I think we came back like five or six times throughout the entire series. Um, so that was really good to see from, from our guys and, and then we played Northwood this past weekend, who is really good. You know, it wouldn't shock me if they're in the postseason and, and make it to carry at some point because um, they, they were a really good team. And um, 
it was it was a really good test for us and i think it, it prepared us really well as as we go into pack west conference play nice i saw the the minnesota crookston uh folks wandering around campus and exploring honolulu the other day um and they all seem pretty happy to be into some nice weather i know minnesota's getting hit with a massive storm this morning um so you're right they, they probably haven't <laughs> been outside yet this year yeah it's funny because it was it was raining i mean it's been raining the last last three or four weeks now but um you know we had to make some arrangements and there's a few delays and but their coach was was awesome and didn't complain at all and they're just like we're just stoked to be in hawaii i mean it's it's waist deep in snow at our field in, in minnesota and he's like all right we're good with whatever so <laughs> wow yeah i'm sure they were happy to be uh, out here in paradise so to speak yeah. well let's introduce uh the players that you brought along with you today let's start with um tajan smith uh tajan welcome hey. so you're uh, a business major yes um, I am. and from sacramento uh also uh some of the things you'd like to do in your spare time, video games, listening to music. Um, you're a wings and steak guy, it sounds like, uh, in terms of food. We'll talk about chicken wings here in a little bit. Um, so uh, tell us a bit about yourself and, and uh, how, you, how are you starting the season, um, you know, or what are you looking forward to as we get rolling? Yeah, so it's my second year. I came in with Dane. I transferred in at the break, so it's been, I've been here since it all started, basically, with Dane. And then it's been fun. Uh, we had a good fall, I thought really good competition within each other we brought in a lot of new guys new freshmen new transfers it was good to see with all the returners and the new guys mesh uh first two weeks were good i say i mean like dane said it was a challenge week two for everyone i i'd say but, but you're red hot to start the season i see uh, eight hits 10 rbis no errors at shortstop pretty yeah. solid not too bad to start just trying to improve from last year <laughs> Uh, it's always good to, yeah, year-over-year progress is what it's all about. Well, welcome this morning, and uh, um, we're excited to talk with you a little bit. Um, let's introduce uh, your your colleague, uh, Daniel Johnson. Uh, Daniel, you're a communications major from Gilbert, Arizona? Yeah, communications major. Uh, I was started as a business major. Um, that's kind of the path that I wanted to take, uh, but I accidentally failed math my freshman year. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, failed it again the second semester. And then my coach, um, uh, transfer, I started at the University of Akron. And that coach kind of told me, hey, man, probably business isn't the, the right thing for you. And so that's when I decided to change to communication. Um, and then, yeah, then from there I went to JUCO back in Arizona and then transferred here. So this is my first year here. Wow. It looks like you've also started the season on a tear, batting 500 with four hits and two RBIs at catcher. Yeah, just trying to do my best out there. Yeah. So you throw anybody out yet this year? Uh, yeah, three three guys, the f or four guys in the first two games, and then this past weekend, nobody. Nice. So you're laying the law down early. Yes. Nobody runs on hey, HPU, that's right. right? Yeah, it's a mystery <laughs> why guys even still try. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. Um, well, hey, so all right, so we're just getting rolling. So, so coach, do you, are you optimistic this year? Tell us what you're what you're forecasting for yeah, the season. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, like I said, you know, I, I think uh, after a tough weekend, it's 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 really easy to kind of forget, you know, how good we actually are. And we we return um, eight of our nine starters, well, seven of our nine starters on the field, position player wise, and pretty much our entire pitching staff. And then we brought in. Um, two junior college catchers and, and a couple freshman catchers to replace what we had last year. Uh, we brought in a freshman um, outfielder and, and, a, and a JUCO outfielder from Japan um, to replace Braxton Worley last year. So we returned, 
you know, 90% of our at-bats and, and, and the innings on our mound, we, we got them all back. Plus, you know, with a couple um, big additions with Andrew Hawk and Ryan Inouye um, in the bullpen, I, I think, you know, it sets us up pretty well um, to be better than we were last year at least. And, you know, you never know, we, you know, going into Pac West conference player, our conference is extremely tough and, and strong, you know, from top to bottom. And, um, you know, I keep telling our guys uh, the main thing is we just continue to get better, and, and by the end of the year, we want to be playing our best baseball. Yep. Where would you say the strength of this team is this year? Is, is it is it balanced between, uh, you know, pitching and, and offense, or uh, do you see a strength on one side of the... You know, um, it's it's tough to say this early on. You know, I think in, in the fall, we really made an emphasis to improve our pitching and defense, which I think we have. Um, hasn't showed up yet because I, I think partially... Um, the teams we played in the park we play in is is different than we did last year. Um, we play at Corp now, which is a lot um, better for for hitters. So we've seen a lot more home runs. We've seen a lot more extra base hits. Um, but I would say I, I, right now our offense is 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 the strength, um, and our, we play we've been playing good defense, and um, we'll continue to get better on the mound. So. Um, you know, I would say ask me in, in, a, in a couple months and, and I could tell you. But, All right, we will do that yeah. <laughs> have you back in a couple of months. Um, Tajan and Daniel, how do you feel the team chemistry is coming together this year? Do you guys feel uh, it's a special year? Do you feel connection with, with your teammates? I think, it's been, I think it's been a really good, like, mesh. Like I was saying earlier, I think we, we all have the same goal, and that's just to win no matter how far it takes us. I think that's just the main goal. No, yeah, I, I agree with TJ, and I think um, one of our strengths is our team chemistry. Um, you know, almost every single night, all the guys are together playing cards, you know, playing charades, doing something just together, just having a good time, trying to, you know, get your mindset away from baseball for that time that you're not at baseball, which I think is really good. Um, but there's really never not a time that all of us aren't together, so it's really nice. Nice, and that's important to, to really build that team camaraderie no, yes. and chemistry early. It makes all the difference. Well, let's talk a little bit more about that when we come back from a commercial break, but we are broadcasting live this morning from the Hawaii Pacific University campus at Aloha Tower Marketplace from the DSE Hawaii Esports Arena. I'm Jeff Rich, your host, and we're talking baseball this morning, and we'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to Sharks Weekly on the Hawaii Sports Radio Networks, 95.1 FM and AM 760. And we are live on the campus of Hawaii Pacific University here at Aloha Tower Marketplace at the DSE Hawaii Esports Arena. I'm your host, Jeff Rich, and we're talking baseball today with head coach Dane Fujinaka and uh, shortstop Tajin Smith and catcher Daniel Johnson. So, Guys, we were just talking about the importance of building team chemistry, especially, you know, early in the season. So, you know, are there, are there, are there processes, you know, coach, that you sort of set in motion? Do you have, you know, team leaders that step up and try and create that camaraderie and chemistry? But, you know, how do you approach that and how important is that to the season? Yeah, extremely important. I, you know, going into the summer after last year, um, it was my first year. And, you know, I, my goal last year was to just take in and learn as much as I could and, um, you know, I, I still am learning, right? And uh, one thing we did as a staff was to make sure that we brought in guys that, um, one, were phenomenal teammates and good people, and um, we wanted to, to build the chemistry and the, the culture up. Um, so uh, we did a, a lot of team building stuff this past fall. We did beach workouts in the morning. Uh, we had barbecues. <clears throat> and uh, and then this spring we, we created a leadership group 
Um, so both of these guys are in it, and it's it's a group of I, I want to say uh, seven or eight of them, and uh, you know they're kind of the voice of of the team, and it's their responsibility to uh, make sure guys are doing the right things and guys are coming together. So. Um, you know, as as a coach, it's extremely encouraging to hear that from coming from them that, you know, the chemistry and, and the culture is good and where we want it to be. Nice. Well, Tajan and Daniel, so, you know, how do you guys go about that responsibility? Um, you know, what have, and, you know, without giving away any, any confidences or calling out your teammates, you know, how have there been situations that you've had to deal with even this early in the year? Uh, I'd say, yeah, of course. I mean, I think just being boys, being out on the field, just all wanting to win, it gets a little chirpy at times, but... Like I said, as a leader on the team, we all try to get everyone's feelings in one and try to express it to one another. And we have people that go off, talk to the side, make sure everyone's just realizing we all just want to win, like making sure no one's feelings get into it. And it's just a all for one type of thing. Yep. What do you think, Daniel? Yeah, no, I, I agree with TJ that, um, you know, we're all competitors and we're all trying our best to win. We're all trying our best to play our best. And uh you know, if there's there's feelings that get involved, it kind of you know influence some some bad things. But I think we do a really good job as a team. Like you know, if someone gets called out, someone calls you out, it's you're not putting your feelings aside and you're you're not getting hurt by it. You're like, oh okay, you know, I I should be doing this. You know, I should. How do I bounce back from this? It's, it's not guys going to the back of the dugout and putting their head down and you know staying quiet. Yeah, yeah, it's so important to you know to to be there for your teammates, to help lift them up, to help give them some inspiration. Um, you know, it just creates that special chemistry that sometimes makes the difference between a team that really performs and wins and a team that you know is good and consistently does well but doesn't sort of have that extra secret sauce. You know, they say baseball is a game of ritual for a lot of players. Um, you know, I remember back a uh, uh, Wade Boggs, a player that I looked looked up to as a young a young person. I remember he used to eat chicken before every game was, was his big thing. Talk about rituals. Are there rituals that you guys have as a team? Are there individual rituals that you've had as a player? Uh, but, you know, shed a little light on, on how you prepare. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to just go ahead and pass it over to them. You know, <laughs> as a coach, we just have, we just have our, our routines and kind of our, the way we, you know, have to go about setting up every game in practice. But, you know, I think the players could, could speak a little bit more to that. I'd say a thing we do as a team, we all go to like Buffalo Wild Wings on a Wednesday for the lunch. We all go as a team. We all try to do that, like back to the chicken thing. So we all do that. And then me individually, my ritual before games is I like to drink a, a soda. I'm a big soda guy. So before a game, I think a soda gets me ready to go. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of different type of rituals that I, I like to do before a game, but I think the, the main one and the one that gets me most locked in is, is watching a, a romantic comedy the night before. Really? Yeah. Romantic comedy. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it backfires though. And it puts me like in a, a sad mood. Like, oh man. I, I was going to say, wouldn't that, I would, I would think that would be more the case. Coming no. Out yeah. Sometimes it, sometimes it does backfire, but I still got to <laughs> stick with it. Coach, you, you got to put the kibosh on that. Uh, I, I didn't know any of that. <laughs> but uh, that's that's awesome. <laughs> All right, well, we have a chick flick lover, I guess. Uh, Love chick flicks, yes. <laughs> yes, they're the best. <laughs> that's funny. Wow. So when you were growing up, were there were there any players that were inspirations for you that you particularly admired? You know how they went about you know preparing for the game, their sportsmanship, their their uh, their camaraderie. You know who stood out when you were were a young man. So growing up in a baseball household, I'd say my father was my biggest like idol. Like looking up to him in baseball, seeing how he went about his day because he's a coach. So 
Now, he runs a baseball idea. program, right? Yes, he does. Tell us about that. So he's been running that for about whew, 12, 13 years now. We're going on strong. I know he is. So he's been doing that since I was – he started the coaching program, Best Speed, before I was even playing, like, travel ball necessarily. So I think that's just, like, his go-to. He coaches at a high school now in Sacramento called Endercom. So seeing how busy he is and going about his days every day has, like, pushed me – to know what it takes to be successful in something. Uh, so he was a huge inspiration for yes. you. Were there any players uh, that you know when you were growing up that you looked up to? I was a really big fan of Robinson Cano. I was a I'm a big Yankee fan just because of watching him play. I, I'm a fan of Derek Jeter. Any Yankee legend, I'm a big fan of. It was just connection to the Yankees. Just kind of liked him as as a winning program, or uh... Uh, kind of. So when I was younger, my dad played in these things called like area codes, and he played with a guy named CC Sabathia, and he would always talk about catching a guy like that. So then, everybody just whenever he would pitch for the Yankees, I'd be like, "Oh, that's the guy my dad played with." So being able to watch them play whenever he pitched, and then Cano was the main guy standing out to me on that team. Wow, great story. What about you, Daniel? Um, yeah, you know, I'm a, a Bay Area kid, and. Uh, and so growing up, uh, I fell in love with Brandon Crawford, a shortstop for the Giants. Um, and up until my sophomore year of high school, I was a middle infielder. And, and uh, I grew up my hair long to be like him, you know. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, that was my favorite guy. Still to this day is my favorite guy to watch. Wow. How are the knees holding up? Oh, whew. Uh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I'm 22 years old with a body of a 50-year-old. But uh, the knees, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be fine. Well, yeah, catching is tough on the knees. I was a, a catcher back in high school, and uh, I think I still feel pain from. Oh, it's I know. <laughs> I everyone tells me, uh, and as they say, twenty years from now you're gonna feel it. I'm like, oh, buddy, I feel it now. <laughs> I feel it now. Wow. Well, so uh, all right, so we're heading into the season. We're we're optimistic. We're building team chemistry. Um, we've got a, a game being broadcast live here uh, um, uh, this Friday against uh, Biola. Um, any secrets to that game, Coach, uh, without giving anything away? How are you feeling? No, I feel really good about it. You know, I think um, our, our, our pitching and, and our, our offense matches up well against Biola, and um, they kind of come in with a, a similar record to us, and they play tough opponents as well. So um, it should be a good one. I'm excited. Nice. And, of course, that game will be broadcast live here Friday night, um, so be sure to catch it. Um, you know, Daniel, I was reading, so you were a dual sport athlete. You played baseball and basketball. Um, right, yeah. you know, what, how, what made you choose baseball? Um, a lot of things. Um, mainly the fact that I'm 5'10". Um, and if, if I was three inches taller, I, I, I don't know, it might be a different story. Um, cause, oh, basketball, basketball is a really good sport to play. Um, plus it gives you like a really nice cut body, which is never bad to have, but, um, but no, but it's just a love for baseball and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's hard not to be romantic, romantic about baseball and everything about it, you know, uh, the failures and, and it's just always a learning opportunity. Um, and I don't know if I can imagine a life without baseball. Wow. All right. Give me, uh, your, uh, your favorite, uh, Baseball movie. We'll, we'll start with you, Daniel. Uh, mine's going to go, I'm going to go for Love of the Game. Love of the Game. Mm -hmm. Good call. TJ? Mine's the Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Year. Coach, what do you think? I'm going to go with 61. 61. Roger Maris, my favorite player Good of all time. Movie. Nobody taken, you know, any of the, the, the mainstreams, uh, Field of Dreams, uh, The Natural. Um, you know, that was interesting. I, I, I was uh, in high school when they were filming The Natural, and they filmed it in Buffalo, New York, where I grew up. 
and they had an open call for people in, in the community to come and populate. Uh, it was War Memorial Stadium back then. It was a stadium that they filmed uh, the show, and I remember going to that. And my high school baseball coach was an extra in that movie, and he's in a couple scenes. But uh, great film for, for those out there that haven't seen that old mainstay from, uh, what, the 80s, I guess now, um, The Natural with Robert Redford. Wow. So, all right. So I have a question here. Um, for, I want each of you to think about this for a second. Coach, we'll ask you first. So if you were able to play a round of golf with three major league players, dead or alive, who would you, who would you choose? Oh, wow. Um, never thought about that question before. Um, I guess uh, I would have to say all the Hawaii boys, you know, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, who's my high school teammate, um, say Colton Wong, uh, Kurt Suzuki, maybe Shane Victorino. Okay, good call. Daniel, what about you? Are you playing a round of golf with three legends, dead or alive? Yeah, no, okay, I'm going to stay away from pitchers because I know they're good at golf. Um, I'm going to go, man, I I don't like doing things that I'm not going to win at. And I know each guy I'm going to select is, is, could probably beat me, but uh, I'm going to go Buster Posey. Um, I'm going to go Barry Zito. Ah, it's a pitcher. Whatever, I'm sticking with him. And I'm going to go... JT Snow. Okay. TJ, you've had a little time to think about it. Who's on your list? So definitely first, I'm going to go CC Sabathia. Then, uh, oof. I think I'm going to go Ricky Henderson. And then for my last one, who we filling? I think David Ortiz. He seems like he's a good guy, good character. Nice. I think if I had to choose, I'd choose the Babe, Don Mattingly, and Jim Rice. Um, just some players I admired when I was growing up, and of course the you know, the babe. Boy, you think baseball, you got to think about Babe Ruth, right? Wow. Dane, of all those guys that you named, you think yeah, you could beat them? Oh, absolutely. It's good. 100%. Well, Coach, so when you were a player, what, what position did you play? I was a catcher. Catcher? Okay, mm-hmm. so you got weak knees too now? You know, I never did have knee issues, ever. And I, I don't know um, I, I don't know if it was the way I squatted or what. I, I never had knee issues. So I never had arm arm issues either, so... Wow. Greatest catcher of all time, in your opinion, who would you say? Ooh, uh, I'd say I, I like Pudge Rodriguez. I think he's he's one of the, the top catchers. Yadi Molina. Um, I think right now the best catcher is is probably JT Romuto. How, you know, for those that uh, that play baseball, you know, the catcher has a lot of control uh, in the game. You know, we're going to actually let's take a quick commercial break and we'll pick this up when we come back. But we are broadcasting live here uh, at Hawaii Pacific University at Aloha Tower Marketplace at the DSE Hawaii Esports Arena. I'm your host, Jeff Rich, and we'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Sharks Weekly on the Hawaii Sports Radio Networks, 95.1 FM and AM 760. And we're back, and we are broadcasting live here on AM 760, FM 95.1 on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We are talking baseball this morning, and before we get back to our conversation, I'll give a little bit of a recap here on HPU Sports over the last week. Uh, so uh, Thursday, the baseball team was in action. Uh, not a great day. Uh, doubleheader against Northwood and a couple of losses, 7-2 uh, to two and 11-4. to four. We'll get them next time. Um, in Friday, men's tennis was in action against number three St. Leo uh, with a loss, unfortunately, four to one. 
A lot of activity on Saturday in men's tennis against Embry-Riddle. Um, unfortunately, though, another loss. And then on Saturday, softball was in action against Western Washington. And uh, there we uh, had a split uh, in a doubleheader with a loss 4-0. And then in game two, pulling out a win, the first win of the week, it looks like, for HVU Sports. Uh, moving on to Saturday, uh, women's basketball, Point Loma in uh, San Diego. Uh, women's picked up a uh, basketball picked up a win, 67 to 59, to continue their strong uh, performance of late. Men's basketball also was against Point Loma, um, and unfortunately they had a loss, 120 to 74. And then in Sunday, uh, Sunday men's tennis uh, against Barry in Indianapolis, a loss, four to one. Uh, baseball, unfortunately, another loss against Northwood, 11 to three. And then on Monday, women's basketball picked up action against Azusa Pacific. Um, in Azusa, uh, unfortunately, though, with another loss, boy, we're not having a great week here. 73-63 uh, was the final there. And then men's basketball was also in action, but another loss against Azusa Pacific, 78-73. And then finally, women's golf uh, was in action uh, at the Bay Area Invitational in Stockton, California. And uh, HPU placed 7th uh, with 320 points, up 32. So it was a big week in uh, HPU sports. Uh, but let's go back to uh, to baseball. So, you know, when we talk about um, baseball, we talk about you know streaks, right? Baseball is a is a game of momentum, and whether it's you know rituals that keep people sort of mentally focused, um, streaks, it's it's just a game that you feel sort of whether you're in the zone and sometimes when you're not. You know, coach, have you learned anything through your career in terms of ways that you can kind of kickstart getting teams or players back into that that mental zone where they're going to perform, you know, to the to the best of their abilities? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is being consistent. You know, not not ever getting too high and not ever getting yourself to to drop too low. So um, that's the big thing I, I preach to our guys is um, just try to be consistent and and you know take every pitch and the next pitch with the same type of focus and energy as, as the last one. So, um, but you know, there, there are going to be times where we're going to be down and it, the energy is not going to be good. And again, I'm going to rely on, on the leadership group and the captains to kind of pick that up. Yep. TJ and Daniel, what about, you know, you, through your, your, uh, experience in, in sports through, uh, through your days, you know, as a, as a youth, have you learned any, you know, tricks or, or ways to kind of get, you know, the, 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 the rhythm broken when you need to, or, or change that momentum, um, how do you approach that? I'd say, like, back to what Dane was saying, he's taught me pretty much after playing every game last year as a freshman, it's it's a little rough, I'm not going to lie, and you have a lot of ups and downs. You have one great week, and then the next week you can't get a hit. And I think he's been really well with teaching us how to stay consistent and finding a way when the energy is down to get back to that consistent line is something we do. Something we do is we throw like a little party after we score runs. So that's a very good thing we do to get our energy back up. In the up dugout or after the game? Uh, in our dugout after every time we score. So a lot of teams don't like it, but it, that's just a way we keep our energy as a team as like the same level so it never goes down or up. Yeah, no, and uh, it, it's a long season and um, – you know, through the years of playing, um, something that I learned is is to have uh, what I like to call it's a, a warrior dial, and it's like um, what you like on a scale from one to ten, like what you want to be at. Um, and so, like for me, I feel like I play my best when my warrior dial is at a six. You know, I'm not too amped up, but I'm not just going through the motions. And if I try to remind myself, um, and especially with the game that's full of adrenaline, you know, um, I try to bring myself down back to a six and. 
um, something that uh, you know there's each guy is different um, some guys like to play amped up some guys like to be as mellow as possible um, but going back to like the rituals like something I like to do is listen to very slow music like jazz something like that before games um, to kind of keep my heart rate at a uh, consistent you know so does that not... dial it down for you or um, yeah because I know as soon as games are gonna start it's my adrenaline is gonna do a lot of work um, and so if I can if I go into a game at like a three or four I know I'm gonna stay around a six or seven um, and I, I know sometimes you know it's gonna go up to a eight or nine you know there's things that happen where you just get amped up there's really nothing you can do about it but you know through breathing techniques and, and kind of like mental cues that's when um, I think you get it back down and you're like okay now I'm back on let me reset here we go yeah, but is the music sort of an omnipresent you know component of that yes for sure yes it's kind of just like uh, kind of gets me in my zone without you know like it just gets me in my zone, yes. Is there is there one particular song that really gets you, you know, cranked up to 11 on the dial for Spinal Tap fans? <laughs> um, uh, a song that gets me cranked up. Um, uh, I'm going to be blanking here. I think... I don't think there's a song that will get me up to 11. I think the song that, that gets me right in, right in the zone, it's a song um, called Love TKO. And I, I'm going to blank on the guy who, who sings it, but I think it's the perfect amount of... Good lyrics, good beat, and just smooth. Nice, nice. Well, so is it fair to say that this team has a love of chicken wings, or is it just a few players? No, it's it's the team. The team? Yeah. Wow. Well, I got to tell you, so growing up in Buffalo, New York, the home of the Buffalo chicken wing, I, I tell people this story, and, uh, you know, when I – when I when I left Buffalo uh, back in you know the mid '80s and I went to other parts of the country for the first time, I sort of assumed that you know chicken wings were everywhere. And I remember being in Florida and even you know across the state in New York City, and I would you know look on menus and look for chicken wings. And nobody had chicken wings. They were really a very specific sort of you know regional food in Buffalo. Um, but boy, we used to order. Uh, literally a bucket of 50 wings the way people would order pizza in other parts of the country and I kind of thought that was normal for every other place so uh so as a team that appreciates a good chicken wing you know what's your favorite you know bone in boneless do you like barbecue do you like you know hot how hot but give us a little sense of your your chicken wing uh taste I think I'm a big bone in guy traditional wing <laughs> original buffalo and then we do half honey barbecue we go half and half whenever we go get wings no dry rub no you know salt uh, uh, I'm no not a vinegar. big fan of the dry rub but I mean if there's ranch involved we could <laughs> mix in a dry rub every once in a while um, I think if there's anyone that ever orders on our team that orders uh, boneless, we kick them out of the table. <laughs> it's it does not that does not fly. Um, and this this one's gonna be a weird one, but uh, I'm a big peanut butter and jelly flavored wings. Peanut? So I've I. never even so heard of that. No, really yeah. good. I, and I, the first time someone said it, I was like, "There's no way I'm getting that." Had one. It's been my go-to for the past two years. Oh, you're gonna have to explain that. So is that just a flavor that they mix up, yeah, or it's, what? It's literally just like it's like you're almost taking a bite of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but it's a wing, and it's it's the greatest thing ever. That is crazy. Yeah. I've never heard of that. Yeah, I feel like the Cookie Monster just eating them. <laughs> yeah, it's the best. <laughs> Coach, favorite? Yeah, I can confirm. It's that's it's true. My actually I, I had my first peanut butter and jelly wing in, in Illinois, and it was phenomenal. I couldn't believe it. Wow. All right. Well, so here on the islands, where do you get peanut butter and jelly chicken wings? Are they ever? I, I've yet to see. I haven't them. had one here. No. So you got it's like a home yeah, recipe? No, 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 no. There's a lot of restaurants back home that have them. Um, but no, I've yet to see it since being being on the island. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, you learn something new every day. And I thought when it came to Buffalo chicken wing trivia and knowledge that 
I was at the top of that list, but no, apparently not. All right, well, chicken wings. You know, the, the thing I'll say, too, is, uh, you know, chicken wings give you energy, I've found anyway. Uh, but uh, I will say, uh, air fry, not bake. Yep. Yeah, you got to air fry them, right? Yep. Crispy on the outside, juicy in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. So, you know, hey, being a student athlete is difficult, I know, um, and balancing academics and, and all the demands of a schedule, especially in the midst of a season. Um, you know, how do you guys go about that? You know, is there a, is there a you know, do you, back to that team chemistry issue, you know, when you're talking about supporting your teammates and helping them, you know, thrive and, and be successful, uh, you know, does that straddle into, you know, issues around academics as well, or are you really kind of focusing on their athletic um, activities i'd say with the the older group that we do have with a lot of returners it helps as a younger being a sophomore freshman transfer that with the school i think we're more supportive even with the schoolwork than we are even with baseball we're always trying to make sure we're eligible we try to get a team gpa everyone over a 3.0 we're all very well we had study hall all fall probably gonna go back to it again because season starts with school and all that so we're very big. We all try to take the same classes if we're in the same major. So we all try to help each other out and make sure we are successful in school. Yeah, no, it's in the fall, you know, once a week, um, we're all together doing homework. Um, and it kind of just goes into, like, the, the chemistry thing that you said. Like, it's just more time that we're spending together. And even, like, just going through homework, we're still having a good time doing homework, which is a hard thing to do and, and something I never thought I'd ever say but when we're all together it's just it's just good for morale and it's just guys getting homework done and we do put a lot of emphasis on the the student part of student athlete yeah yeah and coach you know you know coaches obviously you know want to win they want to have successful programs success breeds more success you know but at the end of the day um, you know your athletes are here to get an education how do you you know develop that that approach from your within your teams to also understand the importance of academic achievement and moving on in their life and you know whether they're going to have a career in baseball as a player or a coach or some other profession um, the importance of what they learn and how they approach their success as a student athlete is really important you know how do you how do you view that and how do you help your team really understand that yeah you know i think it goes back to just your your habits and kind of who you are as a as a person and you know, I tell them all the time that there's a lot of things that you, you're not going to want to do. And there's a lot of things in my job that I don't like doing, but I got to do it and do it good. Um, and school, you know, is, is one of those things where a lot of 18 to 22 year olds don't like school, which I didn't. But, you know, I was still good at it and I still tried my best at it. So I think that's the main thing is just getting them to understand like it takes discipline and, um, you know, doing things that you don't want to do to 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 be good at whatever you want to be at and school is one of them. And, um, like these guys said, you know, we, we prioritize it and, um, you know, they, these guys know that it's, it's important. All right. We're going to take a short break and then come back and talk a little more baseball before wrapping up for the day. Uh, we are live, uh, broadcasting, uh, from Hawaii Pacific university's Aloha tower marketplace at the DSE Hawaii esports arena. We will be back in a moment. to the DSE Hawaii Esports Arena on the Hawaii Pacific University's Aloha Tower Marketplace campus. It's Shirts Weekly on 95.1 FM and AM 760. And we are back talking baseball live here on a Wednesday morning uh, with Coach Dane Fujinaka and uh, TJ Smith and Daniel Johnson. And hey, before we get back to our conversation, just a, a heads up on some upcoming games this week. Uh, tomorrow, Thursday, uh, 
Women's softball is in action with a double header against Simon Fraser. Um, and then also uh, men's basketball and women's basketball will be in action in Irvine, California against Concordia. Moving on to Friday, women's tennis will be in action for the indoor national championships, uh, the ITA indoor national championships. And then uh, men's baseball, we're talking here uh, this morning, and you guys will be in action, uh, as we mentioned, broadcasting Friday with a 2 o'clock start um, against Biola. Uh, so some good uh, games coming up this week, and we'll wish all of our HPU teams good luck. So, you know, let's get back to our conversation here. Um, you know, so Hawaii is a is a long place to, a uh, far place to go, I should say, even for folks from California. Um, you know, what what was it, and maybe start with you, TJ, that, uh, that attracted you to HPU, to Hawaii? What's your experience been like since you've been out here? I'd say the thing that attracted me was uh, Dane. I'd say as a coach, he, like, really persuaded in a way to where he wants to flip a program around, wants to change what it's all about out here, make baseball priority, good education, get a degree, things like that. And then obviously to go to the beach, go to Hawaii, things like who do, I don't know anyone that wouldn't want to be out here. So, and then out here it's been, it's been a fun experience. I love any off day we usually get, we go to the beach as a team. Like we all go together, we go out, learn new things about the Island. Good stuff. What's the team's favorite beach? Ooh, we like to go to Sandy's a lot. Okay. Sandy's is a big beach we like to go to. <laughs> Daniel, you're shaking your head. Sandy's is a good beach to go to if you're a good swimmer. If, if you're someone that's from Arizona and don't get to go to the beach a lot, um, then you'd probably be more of a Makalei beach type of guy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sandy, uh, I've had one too many near-death experiences there. <laughs> yeah. What what got HPU on your radar? Um, you know, um, it was my third year of college. It was my second year at a JUCO. It was nearing the end of the season, and I had a, a pretty decent season offensively and defensively, and I'm going through the recruiting process, and um, – and uh, the recruiting process is probably one of the most stressful things anyone will ever go through in call, in, uh, in any sort sort of sense. Um, and I remember I saw this Twitter post um, about Hawaii Pacific University, and one of my friends told me he's like, "Hey, you should message the coach." And I laughed in his face. There's there's no way you know he's gonna get back to me. You know, um, there's hundreds of thousands of guys out there. You know. Um, and then I, I ended up messaging uh, Dane, and uh, like probably within an hour, he replied back to me. He was like, yes, we're actually looking for a catcher right now. Do you have time to talk? And within five minutes of the, the conversation, I was sold. Like it, it was, I don't know if, how, if Dane practiced it many times before talking to me, but it was the best, best speech I've ever gotten. Um, and I was sold, and, um, and I think that night, I knew for sure that I was coming. Um, I kind of wanted to play hard to get a little bit, uh, but uh, but not too hard. Well, we're glad that you didn't you didn't hold out too <laughs> yes, long. Yes, me too. You know, interesting that you said Twitter was sort of the thing that got HPU on your radar. And you know, working in the in the marketing department here at HPU, we call that media source attribution for determining you know what was the the original interest that uh, that a student intersected with to to get interest in coming here. In this case. Um, so for those out there that question the value of social media from a marketing standpoint, there's a real-life example of, of it grabbing a student's attention and, and bringing them into a great program. Wow. So, Coach, so you have a history of turning programs around. Um, and I think any coach in, in college athletics would say, you know, one of the secrets to, to doing that successfully or just being successful is recruiting, obviously. 
So what's your approach to recruiting? You know, how do you look at, how do you overcome some of the, you know, the hurdles that, that student athletes and parents might have about, you know, coming over from the mainland, for example, um, you know, how about the dynamic of having to, you know, five hour flight to get back to the West coast to play some teams, but how do you, how do you handle that? Yeah, I think anywhere you go, there's going to be barriers and pros and cons of, you know, when I was at Sacramento State, you know, it was the, the knock on that was, you know, there was, it was a bad conference and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it, it was not in the best parts of California and um, which, I mean, that program has won for the last nine years in a row now. And, um, you know, when I was at Illinois State, it was the weather, right? It was being... Um, being in snow and being indoors half of the year. Well, you know, they also have great facilities and play in a really good conference. And, um, you know, there's, there's going to be pros and cons of every, every program you go to here. It's, you know, the facilities, it's the travel, which, um, you know, it doesn't outweigh the pros in my opinion, which is being in the best place in the world. It's, you know, getting to play in a really good conference. Um, it's getting to go to school in downtown Honolulu. Um, so it's, it's just about, you know, being able to, um, tell those stories of what the good parts of the program are and, um, getting people who, who want to be a part of it is probably the biggest thing. And, um, yeah, I mean, my recruiting tactics are, are just to be honest and, um, tell them what they're, what to expect and, um, what I'm like, what the coaching staff's like, what I'm looking for. And, um, there are guys that are going to say, Hey, it's not for me, which is fine. Um, you know, cause typically we, those guys come in and they don't work out anyway. You yeah. know, we want the guys that want to be a part of it. And, um, you know, just like TJ and Daniel, they're, they're very good examples of guys that, um, weren't recruited by a ton of other schools that, you know, wanted to come here and, and it's working out, you know? So, um, what's the number one, uh, you know, hurdle that you have to overcome in, in gaining interest from a player? Um, you know, I think everybody's looking for playing time. You know, I think at, especially the guys that we're trying to get, um, are guys maybe that have not had success at other programs or, um, are coming off good junior college seasons or want to see playing time right away as a freshman. Um, and I always tell them like, you know, I, I never guarantee any playing time. It's, it's not, um, I'm not, I can't tell the future and, you know, I, I can promise opportunities and, um, an opportunity to, to earn playing time, and that's really all I can do. Yeah, does, does playing time uh, supersede, you know, the distance of Hawaii uh, and the travel I think so, for the most part, yeah. I, I think, uh, uh, yeah, I think guys uh, don't care about location at the end of the day. They just want to win. Yeah. Well, and yeah, if you can get them over that hurdle, I think, you know, speaking, uh, you know, as a, as a person who's fairly new in Hawaii, it's an amazing place to be epic place of beauty and grandeur and i'm sure that the players once they get here uh, just appreciate that well wow well that's all the time we've got this morning but i wanted to thank um uh hpu coach uh dane fujinaka uh and players tj smith and daniel johnson uh for joining us this morning i wish you all great success this thanks season yeah thanks for having us and hopefully we'll have you back later in the year and we can talk about a successful season anytime yeah. absolutely thanks for being with us guys and we'll see you all next week Thank you.
You've been listening to the Hawaii Sports Radio Network's special presentation of Sharks Weekly in conjunction with Hawaii Pacific University on 95.1 FM and AM 760. Tune in every Monday at 9 a.m. for another edition of Sharks Weekly. A special mahalo to Hawaii Pacific University Executive Director of Athletics, Dr. Debbie Snell, Hawaii Pacific University's VP of Marketing and Communications, Jeffrey Rich, on-site technical engineer, Paul Brecht, and Operations Director, Kuule Agbayani. We now return you to regular scheduled programming on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760.